Hello, beautiful people. You're listening to the Ebbs and Flow podcast with Ebony Hoffman, where I talk about all things life and what happens when life happens. Just a few housekeeping items. Please like our Facebook and Instagram page at The Ebb and Flow. Also click on the link to subscribe to our email list. This is where you receive updates on new episodes when they drop, when the website goes live and other goodies that I have in store for you guys. Also, if you can subscribe to the show on your platform that you use for listening to your podcast, leave a review. I love four stars and also share this show with other people. So a new feature alert that I have is that you can leave me messages for the podcast to provide feedback, uh, send words of encouragement, or ask a question um, down the road. I do plan on having like a Q&A episode where I answer questions that you guys submit. So in order to access that feature, if you go to anchorfm.com backslash the ebbs and flow and click on the message icon and you can leave a message that is just for my ears. So please check that out. So today's episode is episode five. I am recording this. It is currently June 16th, 2020. And we are still in the middle of um, a pandemic that is affecting the globe. And we are also in the middle of the Black Lives Matter protest that has really taken off in the last few weeks to where there are countries all over the world where people are coming together and supporting that movement. And so to say that 2020... (laughs) has been such a crazy year is really an understatement. I'm anxious and excited to see what the second half of 2020 is going to look like because the first half, chow, has been uh, something else. Um, the world has literally been turned upside down and we're forever changed and our um, normal way of moving in life has been challenged and changed and i don't know that we'll ever go back to what our lives looked like um, before coronavirus and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing Um, there has definitely been some positive things that have come out of coronavirus and even the black life movement But, you know, during everything that's been going on the last few weeks with the protests, I have literally had to put myself in a timeout and have several seats. You know, um, shocker, if I don't know if you know this, but I am a black woman who lives in America. I am also the proud mama to an adult kiddo. Um, I have a son who is 21. I am a sister to my younger brother who's in his early 30s. I have younger cousins in their 20s. I am a niece to several uncles. I am a granddaughter to a black man. And so um, I'm fearful. I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. I go back and forth with my fear for myself, for my son, for my brother, for my cousins, for my uncles, for my grandfather. Um, you know, I have uh, best friends that are that are black men. Um, so I, I'm, I'm fearful um, of when we leave our house that, you know, we may not return. And I know some people may feel like that's an overreaction or an exaggerate, exaggeration, excuse me. But 
you know, those are real emotions that I feel and they've been definitely heightened with everything that is uh, going on, you know, and so I wanted to record this episode. And again, this title is I'm not okay is to kind of talk about the emotions that I've been going through these last couple of weeks, but also more importantly, to help give people permission to even express these emotions, to even say out loud that you're not okay, because it's okay right now to not be okay. Matter of fact, if you are okay right now, I'm kind of giving you a side eye, like what, what's going on? Um, it's okay to be not okay right now. It's okay to be angry it's okay to have fear. It is okay to be frustrated. You know, emotions are um, very natural and it is quintessential to being alive and being a human that we have emotions. I have spent a better part of my life not dealing with emotions, kind of suppressing them, um, ignoring my feelings, um, and not being comfortable with really expressing my feelings. And so it took me a long time to be okay with talking about my feelings. Um, some of my friends will say now I'm an emotional roller coaster, and I accept that and that I can sometimes get in my feelings too deep. And that is true as well. Um, but Hey, that that's just me. But you know, I, um, I have been going, you know, back and forth with um, even recording this episode because, you know, it's talking about race and races, uh, not always a comfortable conversation to have, you know, but I, I want to go on record before going any further in this uh, podcast and saying that I don't believe that all white people are racist. Um, I have family members that are white. I have many friends that are not only white, but I have friends that are from very diverse uh, cultures and ethnic backgrounds. Um, quite a few friends that are not that were not born in the United States, and so I like having a diverse group of friends because I love learning about other people's cultures and their perspective on the world and how they see world that's different from how I see it. Being born in Rantoul, Illinois, shout out to one seven. So um, I, I wanted to say that and I also want to say that I don't believe that all, you know, police officers or law enforcement are bad or corrupted. You know, I have an uncle who is in law enforcement. However, um, <clears throat> we do have a problem here in America with our race relations and uh, many of the institutions that we hold near and dear to our heart here in America. And so I kind of want to talk about what's going on and the emotions that I have been feeling. And, you know, again, hope to give you also the permission to embrace and feel those um, feelings and emotions, to talk to someone about that, whether it's um, a significant other, whether it's your friend group, whether it's a therapist or someone in the mental health field. Um, but I wanted to give you permission to not be okay because I'm not okay. <clears throat> you know, the first emotion I, I know that I would um, definitely say right now is that I am, I'm tired. You know, there is a very fine line with being informed and active versus resting and checking out. Um, during this coronavirus, I've um, been drawn to Twitter. I've found some amazing um, people to follow on Twitter that have really good, rich um, content or information. Um, but with that, you know, I sometimes hold my breath when I log onto social media because it seems like of late, there um, is quite a few videos of uh, police brutality, 
that has resulted in the death of unarmed black people in America. And it's tiresome. It, it, it weighs on you. And while I don't want to be desensitized to what is going on to America and what's going for our race relations and how it affects black people in America, but I'll be the first to say that sometimes I have to put myself in a timeout and I have to be conscious with not going to social media or not watching the news because it's too much. It, it really is too much, I think, for most people. You know, race relations, talking about racism, bigotry, discrimination, unfair treatment, police brutality, and some of the core issues that we have that are very prevalent in the United States, um, especially with institutions that we hold near and dear to our heart as Americans. You know, those are difficult conversations to have. Um, they're not just difficult conversations to have with people that are not um, people of color. But I've had conversations with friends that are, you know, that are black people as well, where we didn't always see eye to eye. So, you know, it is uncomfortable to talk about these topics. But uh, America, we can't afford to not talk about these topics or these uh, these issues that we have in America. Um, especially as a black woman that lives in America, I don't have that luxury to not think about race, how I'm perceived, how that affects my everyday life. You know, some people will be quick to say, well, oh, race doesn't have anything to do with, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But oftentimes it does, whether it is overt racism or microaggression. And so, you know, I've gone back and forth with people's commentary or comments about the protesting where, you know, it seems that some people are more concerned about the destruction of property that has occurred during the protests. Um, there's been more conversation, more focus on that than the destruction of a race in America. Now, again, let me go on record and saying that I'm not in support of looting or destruction of property because, you know, especially for business owners, as a person who um, runs a business, um, running a business is very hard. Most small business owners are using their own capital, so their own life savings, pulling equity out of their house. And it is a tremendous accomplishment to build something such as a business. And so um, I, I do want to be clear in saying that I'm not saying I'm in support of uh, protesters going out and destroying property. Um, also with that, the caveat is that as we're seeing with these videos, that a lot of times the destruction of property is not coming from people that are aligned with Black Lives Matters. There are different people that are going out during the protests with different agendas and are um, not in line with what the values are or the core message of Black Lives Matters. And they're de destroying property for a, a different reason. However, you know, it's interesting, um, again, when the conversation about the protest goes to the destruction of property and looting and how un-American that is, and those people are horrible, and that has nothing to do with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, or the other countless of uh, unarmed Black people that have died at the hands of police. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. But what's really um, interesting is, 
that most great radical change that has happened in America usually requires a great force. Protesting and even the destruction of physical property uh, has been used in America to protest, to speak out to the group that was oppressing another group, demanding a change. So, you know, protesting and sometimes also looting and rioting is just as American as American pie. I mean, when you think about the Boston Tea Party, which was the kickoff to the American Resolution, excuse me, American Revolution, excuse me, uh, that was destruction of property. And so it's kind of interesting people's responses that is un-American to protest and for there to be destruction of property because we have seen um, many times that unfortunately it usually takes those types of responses or actions to get the attention um, in America for change. And so, you know, again, I'm, I, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of scrolling and seeing videos. I'm tired of, you know, seeing people's insensitive comments. Uh, so I'm, I'm tired. You know, the other emotion that I kind of want to hit on today is also, um, I felt I've been feeling a sense of helplessness. <clears throat> You know, I've been struggling with what what is going to be my contribution to the Black Lives Matters movement that's going on right now. You know, currently, as I stated in the beginning of the episode, we are still in the middle of a global pandemic. And I am in a high risk category because I have an autoimmune um, condition. And so really have to be careful being in large groups of people. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is that there definitely has been a rise in the COVID-19 cases since more states have been opening up now and also with the protests that have been going on across America. And so I really have been struggling with what is going to be the actual solution to a problem that has plagued us for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, I, you know, I've donated money to different organizations that um, is raising money to bail out people that are getting arrested during the uh, protests. I have given to um, Black Matter causes as well. But I felt like that for me, I didn't feel like that was enough. You know, um, it's somewhat in my DNA uh, being a Black person in America that I feel like it's a responsibility of mine to march and to protest. Um, and although I physically can't be there, I'm definitely supporting those who can be there, who are able to take the risks of, you know, contracting um, COVID-19 because again, because of my, my condition, but I, you know, have been somewhat helpless in the sense of, I'm like, what is going to be the true solution? Um, unfortunately, <clears throat> the issues that we face in America that deals with race issues, that deals with discrimination, deals with bigotry, white supremacy, uh, that deals with um, excessive force from our law enforcement, uh, the systematic racism that we see in a lot of the institutions that affect how we move day to day. There isn't just a one solution to all those different issues. And so I have really struggled 
internally and having conversations with friends and family, like what is, what is going to be the solution? What is it that black America needs to do? What do we need to say? You know, what is it that, you know, we need white America to do? What do we need our allies that don't look like us? What is it that we need them to say? What is it that we need them to do? You know, I have had people that have reached out to me that um, have apologized, not necessarily because they were racist or they're racist to me, but um, because they may have had family members that they're now finally acknowledging like, hey, you know, my uncle such and such, you know, he sometimes makes this these jokes and comments and I'm just now realizing that's not funny and that's a racist comment or, you know, um, people realizing that there is a privilege that they have um, in this country based off of what they look like or what their skin tone is. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, seeing more and more people having conversation on, you know, acknowledging that we have a problem. Which brings me, you know, to the next emotion that I've been feeling is that I am hopeful. Um, I, I don't want to say that I'm hopeful and being naive that all of our problems are going to magically be solved by the protests or the marching or in a span of a few weeks. Because again, we have um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of issues that um, have plagued America that, you know, we have come a long way from slavery. You know, we've come a long way from the reconstruction period. We've come a long way from Jim Crow. We've come a long way from the civil rights movement. Uh, we had um, my president, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, with the lovely Michelle Obama, shout out, cause they are from the great state of Illinois and Chicago. Um, so we've had a lot of progress and that does make me hopeful, but we have a long ways to go to achieve the American dream that is our slogan here in this country, <clears throat> you know, but there has been something that has shifted in America. Um, something, this does feel different than it has before. Um, I'm not saying that we are completely where we need to be as a country, but I do see some small signs of, of hope. I truly believe at the time of George Floyd's death and the recording of his murder, because that was murder, that had we not been in the middle of a pandemic where most of the world, especially United States, if we haven't completely stopped, we've had to slow down and pause that at the, the releasing of the video that most Americans had time to watch the video and to really absorb what they were watching. You know, so much of our life is just coming and going and just, you know, getting through today. We wake up, we make our breakfast, we go to work, we pick up our kids, we're home, you know, making diff um, dinner, helping with homework, then we're working out the hours and we're going to sleep and, 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 you know, starting our day all over again. One of the blessings that have come out of coronavirus, which is kind of strange to say, because um, I don't want to be insensitive to the fact that we've had over 100,000 deaths related to coronavirus in the United States. And then, of course, deaths all over the, um, the globe. Um, so I don't want to be insensitive to the passing of lives. But one of the blessings to coronavirus is that 
we have had to slow down. We've had to stop. And anytime that you're that you slow down, you're able to do more thinking, more assessment, whether it's personally or professionally. And I really do believe that had we been during a different time, that maybe people would not have taken the time to watch the video of George Floyd and his murder. Um, it is somewhat hopeful. And again, I don't want to be naive, but it's somewhat hopeful to see other races other than black Americans saying, you know what, this is murder and this is not right. You know, um, I'll be completely honest. I could not watch the complete video of George Floyd. Uh, most of the videos have been released over the last couple of months. Um, I usually stumble on them I guess on accident, just scrolling down my timeline and we'll catch a couple seconds. And once I realize what it is, I have to shut it down. Um, for me, it, it's too much. Um, I do believe it's a form of trauma for Black America to continuously watch videos of Black and Brown people in these horrible situations um, being murdered. And that, you know, again, we all have a personal responsibility to ourselves to protect our mental space. And a part of protecting our mental space is being careful of what we consume. So not just the foods that we consume or the liquids that we consume, but also what what are our eyes seeing? What are we reading? What are we watching? Um, what are we hearing? And um, there aren't many videos that have um, been released. I've watched the whole video because, again, for me, it's traumatic. Um, I will share this story that a lot of people um, don't know, but when I was a teenager um, and I was visiting Chicago, my son's father is a Chicago native and we were in a car together and he drove down a one-way street um, the wrong, he went down the one-way street the wrong way and got pulled over by police. Uh, they told us to get out of the car and some words were exchanged and I had a police officer pull a gun out on me and my son's father. And at that time I was actually pregnant with my son. Now that doesn't mean that moving forward every time that I've been around a police officer that is triggering for me because it's not. Um, there are many times that um, police officers or law enforcement have shown up when things uh, have gotten out of control where they're out, you know, at a mall or something. And I'm happy to see law enforcement, but I will be honest that when I see uh, guns being pulled out on black and brown people and it results in their death. And given what I experienced as a teenager, uh, being pregnant with my son and having a gun um, pulled out on me and point pointed at me, it is triggering for me. And, you know, I have to protect, um, you know, my mental space. Um, I will try if I don't watch the full video to maybe uh, read up on the incidents and think pieces, but I'll also be honest that most of the time I have to stop reading because I cry. Um, my heart grieves for the families that have to worry about when they go on social media and turn on the news, that they have to constantly replay the, the murder, the death of a family member. Um, I have lost family members before and, and, and grief is very painful and weird, traumatic emotion. And I could only, 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 you know what? I can't imagine. And I don't want to imagine the, the trauma and the pain 
that friends and family and loved ones have to, that they feel when they turn on their TV, read the newspaper, read a magazine, uh, go on social media, and they have to see these videos and these posts of their loved ones, people that they knew, people that they birthed, people that they, they were married to. They have to see that over and over again. So, you know, it's hard for me to keep consuming all this information because immediately I just grieve for those family and those friends. And so, you know, I have to be careful uh, for me, again, protecting my mental space, my mental health with consuming so much of that information. But, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm even in the midst of all that, I'm hopeful. You know, I see small progress on a local, state and federal and global a scale that gives me hope. Um, yes, there are corporations and organizations that are posting that Black Lives Matters. They're releasing statements about um, racial injustice and diversity inclusion. And while that is all great, um, because that's kind of half the battle when you are addressing any sort of issue is acknowledgement of of the fact that there is an issue. But uh, I, I do want to see more. I don't want to just see companies throw five hundred thousand uh, dollars to Black Lives Matter. You know, if Black Lives does matter, I, you know, we want to see: Do you have diversity and inclusion on your leadership team? You know, on your boards. You know, what does your workforce look like? You know, so I am hopeful that I'm seeing you know more and more companies and organizations release. Uh, statements, but I do want to see action. I want to see. Um, I want to see numbers. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful there's more of a concerted effort to really talk about police reform um, in America. Uh, I know that there um, is some proposed laws about defunding the police. I wish they hadn't named it defunding the police because that gives a different connotation of what is really uh, being suggested or put out there where, you know, they are looking at some of the budgets across uh, the United States where, you know, there are huge budgets that are budgets, excuse me, that are being allocated to law enforcement and looking at how to take some of those uh, financial resources and to put them in communities that are over police that need resources that study shows will and can reduce uh, certain crimes, which means it's less interaction with um, law enforcement. You know, I'm seeing uh, different people uh, both people I know and people that I follow that are uh, white Americans here in the United States that are acknowledging that, you know, we do have a problem here. This is not uh, what America was built on. Uh, this is not okay that, you know, uh, people are being targeted and mistreated and sometimes dying just because of the color of their skin. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful, not naive. But I'm hopeful. I'm seeing little cracks being exposed. I'm seeing the needle move slowly, but somewhat in, you know, the right direction. So, you know, I'm hopeful. You know, I don't know what is in store for this country as we continue in 2020. You know, again, I'm recording this uh, middle of June. So we're at the halfway mark for 2020. This year has really went by super fast. And um, I'm hopeful that a change is going to come. You know, one thing that I know for sure about Black people here in America is that we are a resilient uh, group of people. 
uh, it's in our DNA that we're strong people and we've overcome a lot. Uh, and that gives me hope. Uh, I strongly, 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 strongly encourage everyone, if you're listening to this podcast, to ask yourself, what will be your contribution as an American uh, moving forward to have these uncomfortable but necessary conversations? How can you get involved? I know these are questions that I'm wrestling with. These are conversations that I'm having with my son who's 21 to make sure he understands the importance of what's going on. But also, I also uh, challenge you to take breaks away from consuming social media, the news, reading certain articles, and, you know, also sometimes having conversations with people. You know, I have uh, beloved friends that sometimes I have to shut the conversation down because I'm like, it's just too much. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this, you know, 24 seven. I need to take a break to kind of rest my brain. Um, because this is a long fight that we're in um, here in America and that, you know, it's so important that we take time to breathe, to recharge, to unplug, uh, because there's a lot of information uh, that we're consuming right now. So that is all that I have for you guys. Uh, thank you again for listening for um, listening again to this week's episode. And uh, again, stay safe in the streets. Uh, please, please, please follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Ebbs and Flow. Subscribe to our email list and talk to you guys soon and stay safe.